Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Jason Ishmael as we continue the series, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. If you're new, we'd love to learn your name. Simply text CONNECT to 630-793-6399 and we'll send you more information about community. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. What? Ooh. Blah, blah, blah. Ah! Wow. Are you kidding me? No. I told you. Yeah, stop. right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> so, evidently, social media is a bit of a thing. Uh, I guess it's it's sweeping across the nation, uh, but it's 2020. It's not, not 2002, right? And I want to know. Uh, which social media platform do you prefer? If you don't mind, put it down in the chat. Are you a uh, get your groove on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram? Uh, and I don't know, this is Twitter. Do you do those things? I don't know. Put it in the chat. Uh, I got to tell you, though, I'm really impressed by like the holdouts from social media up until this point because I'm saying there are not many left. Check out these numbers. Uh, there are currently 300 million Twitter users. There's 800 million people using TikTok, a billion, a billion people using Instagram, and this one blows my mind. 2.5 billion people on Facebook. 2.5 billion people. There's hardly anybody left that's not on Facebook at this point. So uh, we've all been there though. Uh, when I think about uh, social media, I mean, it's all about like the perfect post, right? This is like, like 60 selfie retakes where you're Get it just right, you know, oh, I, I will redo that one. I, I've loved the family photos uh, that have come out since uh, since the, the quarantine. Uh, you know, everybody's got this like, perfect family photo. Hashtag quarantine life. Hashtag blessed. We're so glad to have all this time together. I mean, honestly, I don't have any of those pictures to share. None of them. Like, we don't have a single decent picture of our family in the last three and a half months. The, free, the reason for this is that we got a, a two-year-old that's potty training right now. I mean, if you want pictures of, of, like, pee all over our couch, that's our Instagram profile right now. I, when I think about the tension of this, though, I think the reality for many of us is just like this, uh, this duality between what, what we project and what's actually real. I think the worst offender in all of these things is probably Instagram. It's just pictures, so you hardly ever get the whole story. But I wanted to show you a few of these guys. Uh, check this one out. Here she is. Like, hey, Instagram followers. I'm, I'm on Samoy Island, just, you know, enjoying it all by myself. Like, but actually, the picture looks more like this. There's like a couple of kids running around and like a dude over there. Like, there's, there's nobody by herself. She's going to have sand kicked up on herself in just a second. Like, nobody knows this on Instagram. How about this one? Like this, this is my workspace today. Hey, Instagram followers, I'm being so cool with my, my Mac and my pine cones. Like, here's the real picture. Like, this place is a mess. There's laundry everywhere. So we got a couple of cats like hissing at each other, getting ready for a fight. Like, this is the reality of this. How about this one? Like, <laughs> hey, Instagram followers, I can hold this pose for 10 minutes. Like, don't mind, uh, you know, my friend here. She's just there for moral support. Uh, there's a big difference between the reality and the things that we project. And I don't think it's just on social media. I think many of us are, are even living our lives this way where the only thing that we let people see is the most polished and curated version of ourselves. When I think about this kind of living, it's this stuff that really does keep us alone. Uh, we're in a series right now called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. We're in week four, by the way. If you've missed any of the messages in the past, you can check out the website or the app. They're all there, uh, and you can catch up. But uh, I want to tell you, here's why I think this, this series is so important. 
all of us are longing for deep and significant relationships. But I think if we really take a step back, some of the biggest disappointments many of us have experienced have actually been in relationships. When I think about what Jesus said about this, uh, he was asked what the most important commandment is. What's the most important thing? You know what Jesus said? He said, love God and love people. This is everything. Every single thing in his life and all of his teaching hung on these truths. Now, if you think about this, if, if everything hangs on this, I mean, how do you love a God who is love if you don't love well? If you don't know how this, this significant love takes place in our life. I, I think about uh, the reality of this. In my life, when I've walked in relational immaturity, it's actually kept me from spiritual immaturity. And so that's why we're digging into this. A skill every single week, and this week's skill is how to live your true self. To live your true self. So let's dig into it. Uh, I think many of us could say we've been guilty of contributing to our own disappointment in our relationships. When you, when you don't live your true self, I think it makes it pretty hard to connect to others. Uh, whatever you're connecting to isn't real. Whatever they're connecting to isn't real. Uh, there's this sort of the Instagram self uh, that we feel this need to, to be framed a particular way, to have the perfect photo, the perfect picture, and the perfect image, whatever we think everybody else wants us to be. When we talk about living our true self, this is honestly who you are. Your, your actual thoughts, being authentic and honest about your own feelings, your own beliefs, your own convictions, and actually living those things out. And so I'll be honest with you today. Uh, what we're calling us to do is going to take some courage. We're not just asking to do something as small. I think it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there, to be known and to be seen. But I want to dare you today to take a step with us in this because the truth is that relationships... They're at their best when people are free to live their true self. Relationships are at their absolute best when we walk in this. So uh, I've got it broken down for you. We've got it down to a science here at Community. Uh, and we want to talk about our true self in this way, in three different ways. Check this out. I have a, an actual cal a triangle. You're not a square. You're, you're a triangle now. And it's in three different ways. So if you're going to live your true self, the first part is in Knowing, knowing who you are. This is, uh, this is your, your beliefs, your convictions. This is your, your thoughts and opinions and emotions. Uh, these are the things that are happening in here. But it doesn't just stop there. It's, it's what you speak. Your truth self is what you know and it's what you speak. Now, thankfully, uh, not everything that I think comes out of my mouth, but part of who you are, your true self, is how you speak. And the last one is how you act. Uh, now, this isn't just your behavior. We're not just talking about doing good or doing bad. We're talking about even your passions and your talents, the gifting that you allow to be put on display for this world, how you act. These are the things that make up your true self. Now, uh, here's why I think this is important. And I think what we're really fighting for in this, because uh, I think what we're looking at here, it's so many of us, when we walk in a situation where we don't allow our true selves to come out, the truth is, we're denying the thing that God really made. And when you think about what God made in this, of all the things that he created, the psalmist said it this way, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, think about all the stuff that God made. He says, let there be light. He says, let there be mountains and valleys and animals, all these things. We are the thing that he reaches down and he touches the dirt to create a human in his image and his likeness. You are created with intention. You are made just the way you are by the creator of the universe and of all the things that could add to the beauty of this creation. 
Your true self is that thing. Not the cookie cutter mold, not the the thing that you need to conform to be that you think everybody wants you to be. No, the way you are your true self is through the God who made you. So that's what we're fighting for. Uh, When I think about uh, being your true self though, uh, and I, I love bragging about Jesus. Anybody who knows me, I, all I ever want to do is brag about Jesus. Uh, and I think you can honestly say that Jesus absolutely excelled at living his true self. Now, how do I know that? Well, honestly, it's because he disappointed so many people. I mean, think about it. Jesus disappointed religious leaders. Uh, he disappointed his family. He disappointed even his own disciples. And it becomes very clear that Jesus wasn't driven by the praise of people. Jesus wasn't driven by uh, the image that everybody thought he he should be. He wasn't driven by their praise or their rejection. Jesus lived out out his true self. Uh, There's a great moment in Luke chapter four, uh, and I wanna dig dig into that with you this morning uh, because I'm amazed at the way that Jesus goes about this. So so check this out. Uh, When Jesus goes to his hometown in Nazareth, He goes to the synagogue uh, to teach. Uh, They unroll uh, a scroll from the prophet Isaiah and they give it to Jesus uh, and he begins to read from it. Uh, And he says that the spirit of the Lord is on me, he says. This is a crazy statement where he talks about, this is so powerful, he says he's gonna set the oppressed free. He's got good news for the poor. He's gonna give sight to the blind, uh, that he's gonna declare the year of the Lord's favor. He rolls the the scroll back up and he sits down and it says that everybody's staring at him at this point. Everybody has fixed their eyes on Jesus and the creator of the universe, God in the flesh, in that room with them, in that moment says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I mean, this is a prophecy of the Messiah. This is the prophecy that Jesus is saying, I am walking into this in this very day. I mean, it's an incredible statement, but here's what's so, so funny about this. The people, when they responded to this in Luke, uh, it says this, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Now, think about this. This is not like somebody coming up to the pastor afterward, be like, hey, that was such a great message. It gets such good jokes. It was so fun, whatever. You're like, now there's a special kind of power in what Jesus was saying. These people in the synagogue witnessed something divine that day, something incredibly powerful that day. And as they begin to think about that, something doesn't make sense. Wait a second, we, we witnessed this power, but aren't you Joseph's son? I mean, after all, Jesus is in his hometown of Nazareth. These people have an idea of who he is and who he's supposed to be. And he's not living up to their mold. He's not conforming to what they expect. And as this conversation unfolds in Luke chapter four, over the course of seven verses, we see this thing completely and utterly turn. When they find that Jesus isn't going to walk in conformity with what they think he should be, it turned into an angry mob. Here's what happens. They got up drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. I mean, this is crazy. Just seven verses ago, they're talking about how how awesome his teaching is. And now this group wants to throw him off a cliff and and kill him. This angry mob has gone absolutely nuts. You know, I think about Jesus though. The reality is this man, when you think about this confidence, the way that he walked in his calling with God, He wasn't driven by the praises of people, nor was he shattered by their rejection. He didn't just quit when this happened. 
Now, you think about that kind of drive and that kind of sureness and clarity, where could that possibly come from? To live your true self in that kind of confidence, where could that come from? On well, the same chapter in Luke chapter four, at the beginning of the chapter, uh, we have Jesus spending 40 days in the wilderness with God. Here he is praying and, and listening to God, spending time with God, and of all the ways that he can be sure of who he is, it is in his time with the Father that he finds it. See, he brings that confidence from the wilderness in, in verse one to, to the mob. Now, mind you, we left this story and Jesus is still on the cliff, obviously, with this angry mob. You gotta see how it turns out. The next verse in verse 30. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. I mean, this is such a crazy miracle. I mean, can you imagine, like, if there is an angry mob whose focus is to kill this one man, Jesus. I mean, like, it's not like they've got 15 different things to do. He's the one object of this mob. And somehow he walks right through the crowd and he goes on his way. But mind you, I don't think Jesus just simply goes on his way. See, this man goes and continues to speak the words of the Father. He continues to act out the will of the Father. And this is rooted and based in knowing who he is and what he was called to do. That's living out your true self. I think it's not any different for us. If we're going to talk about uh, living our true selves, you, you see what Jesus does with this. When you walk that kind of life, when you live that kind of life, here's how it ends up. This is in John 17 at the end of Jesus' time here on earth. He says this, I have brought you, and he's talking to the Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now that's a true self kind of living that I want to walk in. That's a true self kind of living that, that I want to live out. And if it's true of Jesus, that I would find my true self in spending time with the Father, then I know it's true of me. This is a beautiful thing when I consider this, but uh, if I take a step back in the season, I, I've talked to a lot of people uh, that have been in this place lately. You know, I think when we consider the stuff that's happening in our world right now, uh, the lives that are being lost, uh, the lives and the ways of life that are being totally disrupted and many times dismantled, it's, uh, it is a hard time for so many people. And I think when it gets hard, there, there are a lot of times we step back and say, okay, uh, what matters the most? What is the thing that matters the most to me right now? And it changes your thinking in this. Uh, when I consider that, it makes me ask the question, what do I want my life to be like going forward? And I'm asking you that right now. What do you want your life to be moving forward? If you're taking an account of things, if you're wondering who you are and where you're going and what you're gonna do, who are you going to be? It was Henry Nouwen who said this, uh, we have to live our life not someone else's. We have to hold our own cup. Uh, many people can help me live my life, but after all is said and done, I have to make my own choices about how to live. You know, I think about uh, now in statement, and honestly, I think so many of us get stuck in this, this mode where we're framing our lives through the expectations of others. Uh, we're framing our lives, even if they haven't even spoken those expectations to us, we've got this idea of a thing that we need to be that we think everybody else wants from us. And in the process of doing so, never actually living out our true self, completely bound to something that is not us. So the question today is, how then do you do this? How do you live your true self? Well, I'm gonna get you back to the triangle again. Uh, it starts with knowing your true self. You gotta know your true self. 
And when I think about uh, this fact, I had a friend years ago uh, in, in a church I used to pastor down south that she would come to me all the time. She would, she would hold my arms and shake me and she would say, Jason, you know what the biggest problem in our world is? She would shake me and she says this. She says, Jason, people don't know who God is and they don't know who they are. How many of us are walking in this life and we have no idea who we are and we don't even know where to go to get it. We don't even know how to make this happen. And so we look to others to try to frame who we are. We look to the expectations and the cookie cutter molds and we try to conform to something that we think might be acceptable. If you're gonna know your true self, it starts with knowing the one who made you. It starts with the one who actually knows who you are and can breathe it into you and can speak it into you. Would you spend time with him? Would you make time to be with God? The one that made you and the one that knows you, would you make time to be with him? Now, uh, in light of this, I, I thought it might be appropriate. Jesus did it on a 40-day wilderness journey. Why not a community? We're taking quarantine to the next level and I'm challenging everybody right now, total wilderness the next 40 days, spend it with God. You got your truth. Like, obviously, that's not gonna happen, right? You don't have to go out into the wilderness today to be able to spend time with God. And I challenge you, get in his word, spend time praying and listening to him, even connecting to other people that pray and listen to him as well. And I think you're gonna find that you can know your true self a lot better if you walk in those ways. Now, the second one, if you know your true self, I wanna challenge you to speak your true self. I mean, what good is it if it's happening in here or maybe even in here if it doesn't get out of our mouths, if we don't actually, actually speak on who we are and our convictions you know, I think about a time in my life when I was younger, uh, and I had a, a, an older man in my life, a mentor, that really saw me differently uh, than, than I think I saw myself. Uh, he had a very different idea for my calling and for my path in ministry. And I think with the very best of intentions, he tried to steer me to something that honestly wasn't my true self. He tried to steer me to something that, uh, that really wasn't me and was something he thought I should be. Uh, I was in my 20s, in my early 20s, and one of the most difficult things that I ever had to do, and you'd think it should be easy, I should just tell him, right? But I, I remember this feeling that I wanted to please him. I wanted him to be proud of me and to like where I was going, but I had known without any shadow of a doubt of what I wanted to do since I was 12. This one path that I was on, and I had to defend that time and again. I think eventually he, he finally got it. As I continued to speak my true self, he eventually got to to the point where he accepted my true self uh, and celebrated and helped me along my way. But if, if I hadn't spoken that, he would have never known it. So speak your true self. Uh, the last one is to act your true self. Uh, now, can you imagine if we would take all of the energy that is spent polishing and curating and making ourselves perfect for everybody to see, if you take all of that energy and instead apply it to loving the people that God has called you to love, serving the people that God has served, called you to serve, that, that you would apply that energy to actually living out your true self, to living out those dreams and talents and gifts and passions that God has placed inside of you, how different our communities would be if we would be a people that constantly acted and lived out who we really are, our true self. So if you walk in those things, I think you're gonna find yourself uh, walking and living and moving in the life of Jesus. Because you remember, like literally, Jesus' life is the life we've been called to live, to love like him, to pray like him, to have a relationship with God like him, to treat other people the way that Jesus treats them. I mean, our true self is found in him. Man, I would love to get to the end of my life. Wouldn't you love this, to be able to say the things that Jesus said? Father, I've completed the work that you gave me. 
and I want to act out my true self, the person that God made me to be, the one he formed with his hands and put his breath into and said, this is who you are. I want to serve him that way so that I can say the things that Jesus said. Now, here's the beauty in this. You know, we've been talking about our true selves, but remember, this is a, a series called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. Realize as we talk about you living your true self, it isn't just one triangle. It's, it's multiple triangles. It's, it's you, and if you're married, it's your spouse. It's your kids. It's your best friend. It's the people that you're in community with. Can you imagine what communities would be like if every single person was actually authentically living out who they are? and encouraging the people around them to know and to speak and to act their true selves as well. I think too many times we feel like we're living on absolute islands because we never actually connect with anybody. There's just a version of ourselves that we put out there that we think everybody might accept and maybe that other person is putting out another fake version as well. And all along the way, we never see the actual picture. We never actually see the true self. I wanna challenge you. I'm going to challenge you not to, to shrink back to whatever mold you think is safest, but to have the courage to live your, your true self. And you have other people the freedom to live their true self as well. Because here's the truth. Relationships, they're at their best when people are free to live their true self. I want those kinds of relationships. I think it causes me to ask, who are you going to be? I mean, moving forward, you're going to be this, uh, this, this robot that's been polished up and curated, this thing that isn't even real. Or are you going to have the courage to be who you are? I think about an 18th century rabbi. His name was Rabbi Zusia, and he said this, In the coming world, they will not ask me, Why were you not Moses? They will ask me, Why were you not Zusia? I challenge you in this moment to be who you are, to live your true self. And of all the things that this world could need, of all the things that could add to the beauty of this creation, it's exactly who God made you to be, uniquely you. So I dare you, be you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth that even when I have not trusted the creator's hands. Now, Father, there have been too many times where I've looked back at you and said, Lord, are you, are you sure you wanna make me this way? Lord, we commit ourselves to saying, God, have your way in us. May we live out our true selves. May we find exactly who you made us to be when you formed us, when you put your breath in our lungs. And I pray, God, that as we live our true selves, you would give us courage and boldness, not to fear the rejection of others, not to seek the praises of others, but Lord, may we live true selves to seek your honor, to complete the work that you've given us. And I pray, Father, that the result of this would be a community that connects to people better than we ever have. Lord, we call ourselves community, and I pray, Lord, that you would make that true, that we would authentically connect with one another as we walk and live and move and breathe the very life and spirit of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your son. We pray this in his name. Amen.